Welcome to Sometimes Dead is Better, and it's me, Kristen. And me, Chris. And we are here to talk about a horror movie. You're right. Okay, so this is a little different. Yes, this is one of our um, slightly off-kilter episodes. Yes. Okay, so the movie we're doing is Parasite, and I guess it's certainly debatable whether this is a horror movie. I guess it's at least maybe a thriller. I guess the ending has horror elements. Right. But I think it's more of a, it's a dark comedy, it's a bit of a psychological sort of movie but also it's one of the best movies that's come out in a while for sure yeah and it swept the oscars and so it seems like it's a movie we need to talk about yeah we're, we're a movie podcast we're a movie podcast yes, we like films <laughs> but um, so before we get into parasite let's talk about some other stuff we got a cool review on our apple podcasts we did yeah and it was good because oh, we love all reviews but we really liked hearing, like, some feedback. Yeah, every now and then we get actual constructive feedback, which is kind of rare, and it's always helpful. Yeah. So we appreciate it. And so this person said that, I guess they essentially said they'd like more facts about the movies. Right. Which was interesting. And so just a disclaimer, we don't, we're not film critics. We're not, we didn't study film at USC or anything. I mean, speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I am not very smart. I maybe at one point was, but... I've been a stay-at-home mom for the last nine years, and now I'm a stand-up comic, and I write jokes about my nipples, so... <laughs> Sounds pretty smart to me. But I did miss the whole ending of The Witch. Also, I, I try not to read too much about the movie before we did the podcast, because I just don't want it to mess up my opinions, I guess. Yeah. But I guess facts are different, you know, if we want to do more research about what went into the movie. That's a good idea. But more importantly, if we miss something... If we get something wrong, we would love to hear it. Yeah, we love to correct ourselves. There, yeah. There's a lot of things that you know, I'm sure we speculate about, and we <laughs> yeah. never go back and check. I mean, <laughs> I know we make jokes about that, you know, the we'll never know bit. That, yes. <laughs> um, but it could be kind of fun if, if people want to maybe let us know what we are wildly wrong on. That could yeah. be kind of a fun Facebook love, conversation. Because, you know, we get really excited about right. facts. Like, we got so excited when we learned that in Psycho... <laughs> That was the first time a flushing toilet had been allowed on screen. Yeah. If like that's that. correct. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it could be that. That's just something I said. Every time we post either on Instagram or tweet at us or join our Facebook group, you let us know so that way we can learn. I'm not one of those people who doesn't like being told things. Like when I don't know something, yeah. I have no problem being like, I've never heard of that. Can you tell me about it? So Yeah. And I freely admit that. There's most of what I talk about. I do not know. It's a conversation for sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but we also really appreciate any effort of giving us a review, let alone a constructive review. Yeah, That's cool. awesome. Because there's so many podcasts that I still love. I still haven't reviewed on iTunes. And I know how important iTunes, uh, sorry, Apple podcast reviews are. And I still am not that great about it. So we appreciate mm. it so much. And so if you haven't left a review... Go on there. Yeah, shame on you. Write, write and review us. And then again, we still have stickers. So if you leave a review and you want one, or if you just want one, just <laughs> DM me. <laughs> it's kind of a review. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, you know, creativity, do you want to talk about what your new hobby is? Oh. Or, I don't want to call it a hobby because it's actually, it sounds, it's, it's fairly detailed work, actually. <laughs> it's um, a little crazy. It's a little crazy, but let's talk about what you've been doing. Yeah, um, it, this ties into our hereditary episode. Yes, Kristen is very creative. If you don't know, thank and you. And she's a. I feel stepped it up a notch. <laughs> so well, I started really getting into my miniatures, which I kind of mentioned on the hereditary podcast. Right, and I was blown away because I had no idea you'd ever even had anything to do with that. But well, now I've seen it firsthand. Well, I always loved miniatures. Like I had a dollhouse when I was a kid that. I loved that my mom ended up somehow getting out here to me and in about six months my kids managed to like destroy oh, everything no. <laughs> in it I'm about 
30% done, maybe a little more with a midsummer themed miniature. I'm doing the yellow temple. I'm also working on a Fargo one and some other stuff. Well, I've seen some of it, and um, you showed me at least the, the midsummer thing today, a little bit of the Fargo thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's going to be great. Um, I Every time I see this stuff you do, I realize I, I, just, I can do nothing. I, <laughs> I have no talent. Your husband bought a keyboard tonight. He just like doodling way downstairs. I mean, I just. We gotta get you a hobby. I know. I'll buy a. I was thinking about buying an acoustic guitar. That'd be fun. Just kind of you know jamming. Yeah, jamming. <laughs> right. And then you and Brian could jam together. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Let <laughs> me. We became the biggest band ever. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> Do you want to go first? What have you been watching, Chris? Sure. I watched on Hulu. They have. That documentary called Wrinkles the Clown. Have you heard of this? No, not heard of this. Okay. Well, I posted a picture of it on our Instagram that we were just talking about. On so, our Instagram? Yes. <laughs> so it's a documentary about this real guy who dresses up as a scary clown. Like parents call him to come and scare their children. Why? <laughs> like a cautionary tale type thing like cautionary about what like if you're not good wrinkles the clown is going to come so wrinkles um his mask is very scary like it looks like a i guess the guy said it looks like a cross between uh, michael myers mask and his grandfather so it's like it looks like an old man and so they kind of follow his story and they interview some of the parents who have called they also do a little bit of history about things like Bloody Mary, saying it into the mirror, you know, those kind of like scary things we did as kids and about how they do them now and put them on YouTube. And so like these, um, like, like Slenderman and things like that and how those have become like these big cultural things. So that's really interesting. They also do a little bit of history of clowns and how they became scary. And they also interview a guy who is a clown who reminds me of... Zach Galifianakis's character on Baskets. Drink. <laughs> <laughs> Who actually believes in clowning and like how it's supposed to be a good thing. And it's just super. Is that it. the verb of it, clowning? <laughs> <laughs> that's, what they, that's what they call it. I know that. So it's pretty cool. And then they kind of, sh- well, I, I don't, don't want to give it all away, but I, I recommend it. It's a good little watch. It's like an hour and 15 minutes. Fun little documentary. Very interesting. Well, cool. So what have you been watching? I'm sorry. I'm so well, rude. I also watched a, a documentary. Oh, we're so this, smart. This is something we touched on uh, a few weeks ago, but we hadn't watched it yet. So I watched the Aaron Hernandez documentary oh, on Netflix right. called The Killer Inside, mm-hmm. which I just looked at the time like, really? I mean, <laughs> there's like a thousand things called that. But did you watch it? I have not watched okay. it yet. It's good. It's good. It's I think it's four parts. I watched it all in one day because I was just lying on the couch. It's really good, and uh, I didn't know much about him. I learned mostly what I learned about him from the last podcast where you talked about what oh, your dad right. was talking about. Yeah. All that, it was born out of the podcast. I was like, well, go John Neal. Uh, but it's fascinating. It, it's very, it's kind of sad, not just because he most likely killed these people. I mean, it's almost certain he did. Right. But he had a, you know, he had a sad life. He and his brother, they were abused. You know, they had a very bad family life. It appears most likely, you know, closeted. Oh. Uh, and that kind of come out in very strange ways. Uh, but it kind of, you kind of really get in the guy's head. And it's still a little bit of a mystery why why he killed, I mean, allegedly, you know, the main, the, the guy that basically prompted the whole murder investigation. Yeah. And it gets way into, like, you know, the, uh, like you were talking about, you know, on the last, the last time we talked about it, which is, you know, the, the pressure of the sports world and how... How it looks like, you know, a lot of these um, these coaches knew about his the possibility that he was, you know, maybe in trouble. And well, yeah. When well, also the fact that he had so many concussions and right. brain injuries, right. and, and they get in that too. They and they examine his brain and they yeah they yeah signals. It's, of, that's why my dad wants all of his grandsons to play golf. Oh, really? Yeah, he does not want them to play football. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how if you can explain why he did the things he did, but it, well, if you study serial killers like some people may i don't know um not me of course but <laughs> they're one of the main things is head injuries really yes crazy because it seems like what he did every time every allegation let's say it was always a very seemingly impulsive act 
But when you think about the head injury thing, it kind of, it's like, oh, he literally wasn't thinking right, you know? I mean, there's so many stories. And it usually happens as a kid, but if, you're, but if he was abused as a kid, he, was, yeah, he probably yeah. definitely could have had a brain yeah. injury back then. I mean, John Wayne Gacy was hit in the head as a young kid and knocked unconscious. I mean, there's just been uh, so many stories of, that doesn't mean that if you get hit in the head as a kid, you're going to become a serial killer. But it seems that most serial killers have had a brain injury or some sort of been hit in the head or dropped as a kid and stuff like that it's it's, i've never heard that it's crazy yeah it's crazy so um should we talk about what we're drinking tonight we're pretty proud of this one yeah this is a pretty good one put in some money tonight (laughs) um so this movie uh we're we're talking there's a lot of drinking yes there's a lot of drinking um so this is from uh south korea so we found the most popular drink in korea i guess south korea well i I think when you factory in everybody it's the most popular drink in the world that's crazy but just in the sense that it's the most volume of alcohol that's drunk it yes. doesn't mean it's popular in america right soju soju which is a it's a liquor it's right. not like a sake which is more like a fermented beer type right um it's an actual liquor so we haven't tried it yet um, but we're doing it on uh, with club soda kind of like a vodka mixed drink type yeah thing. it's kind of like a vodka soda not yeah. the way the Kim family was drinking. No. They were drinking right out of the bottle. Right. And we're not sure they're drinking this in that movie. We're being a little bit basic here. Yes. Uh, we may have Googled Korean alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know, saying. I really, I would love whatever Korean beer they're drinking. Yeah. It's like Highlight or something. Uh, but let's let's see how this tastes. Uh, our first Korean drink. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. Just tastes like a vodka yeah. soda. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, But it's I soju... Can, it tastes a little sake-ish. Now that I, mean, I can, I can taste. I mean, I'm not saying it's sake, but it's got a beautiful bottle. Yeah. It's, so anyway, cheers. So I guess we should um, talk about this this movie here. It's a good one. Yeah, it's a good one. So the director and writer Bong Joon Ho, who right. is someone that I've watched most of his movies. I think I've seen most of them. Uh, you and know. I have enjoyed every single one. Right. That I've seen. So the first one that we saw was probably The Host. We watched right. that together. Yeah, that was years ago. And, and I didn't, when this came out, I didn't know that that was the same guy that did The Host. I oh, well, I mean, it was so long ago. It was like 2006. Right. Um, I, I just knew it was the guy that from like Snowpiercer, which, right. I, which I've also seen and enjoyed. But, you know, I'm not, I can't say like I'm a huge fan of his. I've, I've seen all of his movies, or no, the movies I've seen, I've seen like once, you know, and, and then that's about that. But I think for sure now, I mean, I've seen this twice. And I feel like I want to go back and watch all of his movies in order. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, and I saw Okja I did on see Netflix. That, yeah. that I really enjoyed that, too. Crazy. It's so crazy. Um, did you see, I, obviously, you saw the, the Sack Bunch Lunch with John Mulaney. Oh, yeah, I haven't watched it. Oh, my God. I know. Well, you said Okja. I immediately thought of Jake Gyllenhaal being crazy. <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal and the Sack Bunch Lunch. Have you even seen the clips of it, with, of him in it? Yes. He's like a cowboy. No. No. He's like a music man. I can't describe how okay. crazy it is, but it is the best performance of the year. But yeah, so Parasite, um, did you know what this movie was about at all when you saw it? Because I no. feel like they kept it pretty close as far as what the plot was. I mean, I really, I was ready. I would watch anything he made. So the fact that this came out and it was getting good reviews, I was extra excited. And I didn't even need to know what it was about. Because yeah. I, well, I trust this guy. Yeah, well, me neither, but not for like a trying. It just, you know, it just seemed like the whole idea was you're really not supposed to know anything. Plot or. Yeah, but no, yeah, I had no idea. Right, me neither. And so the first half of it, you know, I thought, okay, well, it's a, I guess it's sort of a satire comedy. I mean, I kind of got a sense that something was going to happen just because that director. No clue. No. No clue. So that's a, for that reason alone, I, I think that's probably. At least one reason why it's kind of so popular is because you just don't really have that experience anymore. Like they did That's such true. a good job marketing it. Like I went back and watched the trailers on YouTube after I saw it. Like like how they advertise this really, and it's very, you know, it's really just stuff I did, for the I first. I did watch the trailer. Oh, you did, yeah. I think there's the only hint is you see like maybe a splash of blood on something, but it's so abstract that you don't quite know what. Yeah. But it, but yeah, it, it, there's no indication of what it's really about, and even when I say that, I mean like even what genre it really is. Like, is it a horror movie, a thriller, is it a comedy? You, know, you don't get that at all from the advertising, which is oh, cool. Oh, yeah. And even after you see it, you can't really label it. Well, so th- this is a movie based in South Korea. Right. In Seoul. 
and uh, he said it was actually based at least in part on his um his past experiences he's actually uh yeah he worked for a rich family yeah uh as a tutor yes uh, i don't know how long and i don't know if anyone got murdered <laughs> no well he said that his girlfriend at the time who, who later became his wife oh really was already tutoring that family and they also needed a math tutor. Oh, crazy. And so she got him a job there, but he wasn't really good in math. He was a sociology major, and he knew he wanted to be a filmmaker. But so he kind of faked it, and he got the job. And I think he only was hired for a couple months. Oh. The little boy he was tutoring, like, kind of gave him too many family secrets and, like, would show him every corner of the house. And I think that's why he kind of felt like he was let go, because they kind of felt like... He was. He said he wasn't trying to get information. <laughs> he wasn't, you know, but the kid was just giving it to him, and he was just like... I guess that story, it always kind of stuck with him, and then so that's why he kind of went back to it. And he was... Like, even going back to Pet Cemetery, which we haven't done in a while, but the fact that the beginnings of that story are based on something that actually happened to yeah. Stephen King. They say, write what you know, yeah. and it's amazing that... You can take something like that, something small, and then turn it into something amazing like Pet Cemetery that just goes off the rails that started with just a story from your life. Yeah. The same thing that he did, which is pretty fascinating. Yeah. I mean, he, he did say even like when he was there tutoring, he kind of would every now and then vision like, well, I bet I could sneak my friends in here and they can impersonate people. And yeah. Like you know, so it was kind of started, I guess, as like almost like a, just a joke, you know, to himself. And that was 30 years ago. Or was it? Yeah. Yeah. Because he was said he was in his 20s. Now, he, I think he's... 50 now. Oh, I didn't realize he was 50s. Huh. So we start out with the Kim family. Yeah. Who is a lower class family. Yeah, they live in a what they call a semi-basement. Okay. Which is, I'm not sure what exactly that means, but it's obviously a, well, it's a submerged dwelling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, I did a little bit of reading about it, and they apparently it's a very predominant type of housing for lower income people especially in seoul oh yeah this starts out with them trying to get wi-fi right which is immediately it's like funny and it's also fascinating just as a as an american you know in the sense that any movie about a whole different culture where you're immersed in that culture is already fascinating yeah but you're saying oh what kind of wi-fi do they have like what are, <laughs> what app are they using is and it's you know just you know, WhatsApp. I, mean, I use that. You know, it's like it's it's also so relatable. Yeah. Even though, well, apparently there's a Korean version of that, and they intentionally use WhatsApp because they knew, like, well, this will probably go out oh, um, to the world. Interesting. Um, the 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 translation process. Let's read about that a little bit. They they work very hard on the translation for English. Oh, that's movie. so fascinating. And they try to make it as uh, I don't know if universal is the right word, but there's certain choices they made that they made sure that everything was relatable, not just to Koreans, even though it's in Korean. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the, yeah, them search for the Wi-Fi, I mean, you're, that's already, it's very relatable, but yeah. it's also like, oh, they, they, you know, they have no money, they have no, but it's funny when they find Wi-Fi and they rejoice, but. And they go know, up on the toilet that's up on a, way up there. It's an yeah. interesting, interesting layout. Well, and also then they're, they're working together, they're trying to make a little bit of money, and yeah. then. They're always on the hustle. Yeah. What, and then they have the fum- the fumigator come by, right. and he's like, "Just leave the windows open." <laughs> I mean, so it's funny. Yeah, and they're very self-deprecating about their own, the way they're living. You know? Yeah, they, they get it, and you know, and, and but again, at the same it, time, they have the, you know, they definitely want to do better. They have yeah. this sort of uh, eagerness to like sort of you know uh, move up in life. They also talk about. I mean, they've tried to make a cake business. So they right. tried this other stuff, and. It's just especially you know, the father, yeah. Yeah, he's, it's he's just not. Done it's everything. not working out. Yeah, so but they're, they're still a family yeah. who somewhat love each other, or they're they're working together anyway. Sons, uh, who is a uh, Kai Wu, who's who they, later called Kevin. Mm-hmm. Uh, his best friend comes over and, and brings them the the Scholar's Rock, right? Which is a uh, the first thing the Kai Wu says is this is so metaphorical, right? So I, you know, I knew nothing. I don't know what a scholar's rock is, but I did, did some research about it, meaning Google. <laughs> and so apparently in uh, well, in Asia broadly, especially I think Japan, but in, in Korea too, um, these uh, they're actually rocks that you find in, like in their gardens that are, you know. Well, they call it a landscape rock too, landscape right? Landscape rocks, yeah. And, and apparently for a while, it's not as popular now, but it was really popular in the 70s, 80s. You know, pe- people go around and try and find these, you know, eroded rocks that looked a certain way and mm. if you found them in nature you would put them in your landscape but also scholars intellectuals tended to keep them on their desk so people started calling them scholars rock mm. and in a movie they say it you know it's known to bring you good fortune and good luck i could find that nowhere on the internet 
I just saw it as a collectible. So I'm not sure if that's actually something that's real or if that's just something for the movie. But either way, this idea is that, yeah, yeah they, they, this is some sort of totem for them and they feel like they're going to be able to, like, this is like a good luck charm for them. But, it, you know. Yeah. It, so do you think that's like a, I mean, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy type right. thing. Like if they wouldn't have gotten that. Maybe. Yeah. Would he have thought of this whole plan? Yeah. And it's funny that he says this is so metaphorical. Right. And then so I saw this interview with Vong where he said, yeah, so if we point out the symbolism to you, is it really symbolic? <laughs> If we just address it's it. It's so funny. Yeah. Or if we point out the direct metaphor for the movie, like, right. then it doesn't even work. And just, <laughs> you figure it out. <laughs> so, yeah. So, the whole thing. So, we obviously, you, you track that. And, you know, eventually, of course, you know, by the end when it's used to almost kill them, you know, the thing they think is good luck charm has become like the sort of albatross. Really, right. You know, it's just very clever. But it's kind of, you know, funny, too. Like, Kevin does have a choice because... He almost could get that job with the pizza company. Like, if you remember, like, the girl comes yeah, and, and he, he gets the pizza box. A little bit, yeah. And he's like, how about I come in for a job interview tomorrow? And she's right. like, fine. So he could have taken kind of, is that more of the virtuous route if he did that and kind of was hardworking? But then his friend gives him this easy, easier route. He's got to fake it. They have to, they even make fake documents. Yeah, but um, see, and there's some sort of slight hustle that. I, don't, I think someone maybe quit, or they they knew someone quit, and oh, okay. so they knew he needed they needed help, and so he was going to come in and try and get that job. Oh, okay. So but yeah, but like, either or, or it's already showing that he already has that need to hustle. Yeah, that's kind of what I mean. Okay. Like it seemed like even that was slightly him. Like you know, it's illuminated halfway through that the you know the the Parks, the rich family, they kind of have. The Kims think they're fully playing the Parks for right. half the movie, right. really getting on with this, and and then it turns out that the Parks think so little of them, right. it almost just doesn't even matter. Right. Like they can never quite put one over them because to them they just smell bad, yeah. and they just don't really think about them. So yeah. who cares if they're if they if they yeah, who cares if they calm them? They're still right. cleaning their clothes right. and making their dinners and teach, yeah. teaching their kids. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. They're they're still and 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 to the extent they're thought of, it's you know. Thought of very little. Okay, yeah. So his friend Min comes and says, I'm going to study abroad. Right. I need someone. All of my other friends are like horny, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And, and I don't want, I don't trust them with this girl I like. Yeah, the 14 or 15 year old he's in love with, yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm going to put you in charge. Yeah. He's nervous about this because he hasn't gone to school. He's not in school, I guess, right now either. And he doesn't think he can do it. Yeah. And he's like, you'll be fine. And so she, he gets his sister to make fake documents. And they're like, these are awesome. Right. Like, what are you doing here? Like, they're really <laughs> impressed. It's really cute. Like, and the dad's on it. It's, it's not like it's like something. Yeah, they're all very proud of each other. Yeah, it's like it's not like in a lot of movies or TV shows where they have to hide it from the parents. Yeah. or They're all, everyone knows everyone's business. They live in a tiny little house. And they're all in this together. Yeah. But then, uh, you know, Kai Wu, you know, slash Kevin is still... He has that line, like, even after he gets the forged documents, like, well, Dad, I'm still going to earn this. You know, right. I'm going to, this This may as well be real someday. So he's still kind of deluding himself a little bit. And his dad is kind of like, okay. Right, right. The dad <laughs> seems to kind of have been through all this himself, right. like, for years. and. But he, but he also doesn't tell him no. He's like, oh, all right. No, and Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, this work. They, they did work yeah. to get to this point. You know, that the daughter worked on that stuff, so... And they're proud of each other. So he shows up at this, you know, ridiculous house, which That's I learned amazing. is not real. It's, you know, completely made for the movie. Oh, wow. Um, even the exterior, it's really, it's like basically in like an outdoor parking lot or something. They hmm. film the bottom part and the top part like digital or something. You know, just the exterior, I mean. Oh, interesting. And then the inside is a complete set, like meticulously created by Bong, basically, mm-hmm. you know, with his team, obviously. But it's all designed for you know the camera and like the lighting and i mean it's completely you know top to bottom a set which for some reason didn't occur to me when i was watching it it just it looked like a house so this is another good house movie yes it is a house movie so mother park as i call her her name is actually i'm gonna mangle it but it's choi young jo uh, so the first time we see her she's um asleep <laughs> <laughs> outside in the patio so you kind of get this in there, there's something off about her. Maybe right. this is why people think she's kind of naive or something. I guess out of the two of them, maybe she is a little bit. 
Um, but see, so she's eccentric at best. We don't meet the father for a while, but but so Kai Wu, you know, is there. He does a somewhat impressive interview. Um, but the mom was like, look, I don't really, I really like the last guy. I don't know if you're going to fit, but I mean, I'm going to watch you, my daughter, and, and just see what happens. And uh, and basically how he breaks through is, A, the daughter seems to kind of like him. <laughs> and uh, and B, he basically, there's that weird scene where he um, basically grabs her hand. Yeah. And that, um, he, well, he feels her pulse. Feels her pulse, right. Which is, which is kind of, I mean, it's, it's kind of sexy, like in yeah. a way. And so she, of course, she is starting to fall for him. Right. And, but it's, it impresses the mom. I don't know. But there's also this idea that maybe it's, you know, he shouldn't do that. Like, there's, you know, there's all these lines throughout the movie, especially from the dad about, you know, not crossing the line right. or whatever. I guess that is the line he says, you know, yeah. you know, people shouldn't cross the line, meaning people in your station. So he's definitely doing that. You know, I guess it's not really, a, well, I mean, I guess he's kind of a servant. So he really shouldn't be. You know, that's definitely, I was supposed to cross the line, but ironically, that's what kind of gets them the job. Right. So it's kind of funny how that works. Like, you just have to be that bold. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's hired. Right. And then... He actually seems like he's pretty good at the job, too. So maybe he's pretty smart. I don't know. And, and again, like, it'll be fine. She'll be fine. She's she's a rich kid. Yeah. She'll be fine. This doesn't really matter. No. And then they also meet the little boy. Yeah, who's Song. Who was a bit of a... A rascal. Yeah. And a, I think it's so interesting that he's obsessed with Native Americans. Right. Because that's just something that we I mean, we know a lot about yeah. living here. And we also know, like, the horrible history of it. Right. But I guess, I mean, you're living 7,000 miles away or wherever, and it just seems like something that's fun. But I did read a bong said that, yeah, the thing with the kid and the Indians is, you know, it's just that thing where, like, it's kind of like you said, in, in America, there's such this, you know, weight around the kind of Native American story. Whereas with this kid, this very rich kid transplanted 7,000 miles away, it's just a very surface level fun thing. Yeah. Of course, it's not like we don't, I mean, we play cowboys and Indians too, or we did. Yeah. So it's not yeah. that unusual, but it, it is, you know, it's definitely something you notice, you know. And also, the, you know, the kid is also, they call him eccentric. Uh, he's, you know, you don't quite know what's, he's definitely, a little, you know, kind of a fun little kid. Yeah. And I, well, I also like that they never portray their rich family, the Parks, as, they're never mean to DeSong or, I mean, you know, they don't get upset with him. They let him kind of do what he wants. No, like, they, what he they, get, like they a, actually indulge him. Yeah. yeah which I, I think that's good. Especially like in a rich family, a lot of times you see like, dead poet society or something where the rich kid's not allowed to do what he wants to uh, do or he's like just passed off to a nanny or something yeah and, yeah no they they really i mean they're well, and the mom needs help like she can't handle the house by herself <laughs> which is crazy because that's what i do but then again she's very concerned about the kids and their well-being and you know so they're not they're not portrayed as bad parents no, even though they're all, rich really. they're not necessarily portrayed as bad people really no, they're just no. sort of out of touch and and so the mom uh, the, of the rich family, Mom Park, yeah. shows um, Kevin a painting or a picture that DeSong did. Right. And he's like, well, she, he's really into art and he wants to create art. And so he is so good. The thing that kind of bothered me about the Oscars was like it was wonderful that they won everything. But you telling me that the dad... The Kim dad did not deserve an Oscar nomination. Oh, yeah. None, none of them got any kind of nominations. I wonder if they got any Golden Globes. I don't think so either. I don't think so. Yeah, Which they're is, all so good. They are They are really good, but I think that, well, Song Kang-ho is the dad. He's He was also in The Host. Right, right. I think he's he was also Snowpiercer. in Snowpiercer. He is, yeah, yeah. yeah, He's kind of unrecognizable um, in that one. but I'm, Yeah, but I, I loved him. I also loved Jessica, the oh, young yeah, Jessica's girl. Jessica's awesome, yeah. And it's just like, how can a movie be nominated for every other thing and not acting? Yeah. I think it's well, just Well, she because- was particularly good. You're right. I mean, well, speaking of Jessica, so she gets introduced because, I mean, into the... Well, yeah, the- that's where, what I was trying to get to. Yeah. So, um, Kiwu, Kevin, is so good when he's like, hmm, you know what? I kind of remember somebody. Right. And he's just so good in that scene. And he's like, you know, maybe I can get her number. And so she comes over and she, again, she's ready to play the part something that we'll talk about in the true crime is so much of her confidence yeah plays a part into it and she's completely bsing the whole time <laughs> she's, and she admits later she's like well i just googled art therapy <laughs> <laughs> so good 
I was just thinking about, so, you know, we like Jessica, but, I mean, it's kind of mean what she does to the chauffeur. Right? I know. I mean, I guess it's not like she kills him, but he gets fired. <laughs> yeah. In a pretty pretty bad way. I mean, well, I guess they never quite call him out on what he specifically they think he did. No. But and maybe she maybe knows that, but still. I mean, that's, so she leaves her underwear right. in the limo right. for the dad to find. But then there is that scene later. They do feel, it's not like they're like sociopaths. I think it's the dad, the Kim dad, who says, whatever happened to that chauff- chauffeur? Do you think he found another job? You know, so they are thinking about these people. Yeah, and I also kind of wonder, like, when Jessica first meets him, does she see the chauffeur as just like an extension of the rich family almost? Like, Yeah, maybe. Just another person we played. Um, and maybe she's just thinking about what her dad has been through. Right. And he's been trying to get a job and he hasn't been able to and so why should this young this young guy will be fine yeah but it's funny how it just kind of builds you know yeah. the con just kind of builds upon each other you know pretty quickly and, it, um, and i also like how everything kind of at first works clever. out how yeah. they plan right and then things start to go awry but right. so the guy because the dad finds the underwear and he shows them to the mom like i like that too like there wasn't secrets yeah, and but what's devastating is later when she calls it, that, or when he calls it that cheap underwear you found, and she hears that. Yeah. And so that's another example of like, you think she's putting one one over on them, and she is, but all that amounts to is later that you know that cheap underwear, which yeah. to her that probably I mean probably wasn't cheap. You can tell she's hurt by that. I think it's the same scene where she talks about the father's smell, maybe. Yeah, the rich dad talks about his smell, and he, yeah. I think he compares it to radishes. Right, and he start, he smells himself, you know. But once they're all there, the 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 little boy first notices it first because he says, "You you all smell the same." Yes, remember? which I guess I kind of wonder how to do the fumigation. <laughs> well, or I guess I don't know, just living. Yeah, whatever that basement smells like. I the guess. basement, and then also, I mean, they say we should should we change laundry soap, and they're like, "I'm not doing all that." I'm the mom's like, "I'm not washing four <laughs> different loads." So we haven't talked about um, the housekeeper, whose name is um, Moon Gwang. So she's sort of the last obstacle to go. And, you know, she seems to be watching everyone pretty closely a little bit. Well, then I guess she also, she worked for the architect right. who designed the house, who lived there. Right. She makes a point of that. Yeah. She seems so very she's protective been there. of the family. Yeah. Uh, well, and she also seems to be part of the family. Yeah. They find out she's allergic to peaches. Right. Which is... <laughs> So random, but that that whole Mission Impossible sort oh, it's of so good, uh, just with sequence. the peach fuzz right. and yeah, when they you know sprinkle on her collar and uh, but anyway, yeah. So they, they basically convince uh, the, the mother that she has is it what tuberculosis? tuberculosis. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know the the whole thing with the coughed up blood that they was it? It's like it's the like a hot sauce. sauce. Yeah. yeah, that's also good. It's sad. It's a little sad. I mean, that seems pretty mean. I'm not sure why. It seems meaner than anything else. But Well, then I also kind of wonder, like, if Kiwu is making money and then, you know, Jessica comes in, she's making bank. And then, okay, they get the chauffeur. Do they really need the mom to come in to be the housekeeper, too? I guess it's like, why not? I mean, that's a good point. It does show a little bit of, you know, maybe greed on, the, on their point, but they're in. But. Well, and then I guess when they get to the point where, so they got rid of the housekeeper because they think she has tuberculosis. Which, again, is a treatable disease. Why wouldn't the mom take her to the hospital and make sure she's okay? But she yeah. just gets rid of her. Yeah, she, but she also doesn't seem that smart. So. I guess. I guess she's so worried about her kids and her family, you know, that she lets her go. But she also doesn't want her husband to know that she was sick. Right. Because somehow that would reflect badly on her right. for having her around. So maybe it's a little bit of fear of her husband. He's an intense guy. And yeah. I, they're, maybe she just is a little bit afraid of him. You know, he's... They're a beautiful couple, though, aren't they? Yeah. Well, she's gorgeous, yeah. They both are. Yeah. But speaking of the father, I, I, I love that scene. I guess it's maybe before that, but the the scene where the, the father, Kim, is first driving around Father Park. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and they have that sort of back and forth. And it, to me, it's like one of the most oddly suspenseful scenes in the show in the movie because you're like hey you want him to do a good job mm-hmm. and the guy's like holding his drink so that he can tell if it's I guess yes, ideas but then he's also saying this is not a test I just wanted to drive right. which you know it's not yeah. who brings a cup of, a mug of coffee into the car I don't know but uh, and maybe it's actually a later scene but there's that you know with that conversation about you know I don't like people that go too far or cross mm-hmm. the line yeah 
and then there's that you know that small scene where the guy snaps you know father kim snaps at other driver and then that kind of bugs him like mm-hmm. you know that's tacky and then more importantly when he starts talking in the back seat and he's actually facing him he goes hey watch the road it's yeah just, yeah it's, it's it's tense yeah <laughs> and i'm not sure why but it just it really gets to that sort of kind of class consciousness yeah you know, kind of very specific way mm-hmm. but he's talking to him he's like inviting conversation but it's like up to a point yes there's that line. Yeah. That whole thing is just fascinating to me. And it's up to him right. where that line is. Yeah. And the scene where he asks, you know, well, you love your wife, right? And the guy just freezes. Yeah. And you don't know what he's going to say, but he just sort of allows it for whatever reason. Because he's kind of, I guess, amused, mm-hmm. maybe. Well, so at the, up to this point, I think you, we have a good idea of what's going on in the movie, you right. know? So there's they replaced every... Oh, there also is the great storyline about... So why, one of the reasons why they're so careful around Daesung is because he had an incident in right. first grade. And that was that he thought he saw a ghost, mm-hmm. which is which is fascinating, on his birthday. They don't stay at the house for his birthday. And so they go, they decided they're going to go camping right. for his birthday. And so, yeah, and this is like the sort of centerpiece scene of the yes. whole movie, I would think. Where everything kind of shifts. Right, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> and so the... Kim family comes yeah, over. They just come to party. <laughs> so only the housekeeper's supposed to be there. Only the mom's supposed to be there to take care right, of the house. Right. And they come over and they drink all the alcohol right. and eat all the food. They sleep in their beds. <laughs> it's awesome. They go full on Goldilocks. Yeah, they take the a reader diary. <laughs> well, it's interesting that they had the same scene of um, the park dad in the bathtub watching TV. And then later they have Jessica later in the bathtub watching TV oh. and and then Kiwu kind of comments on it like it's you like look like you belong yeah. here yeah so Kiwu's like I really like Dehai who's a teenage daughter and I think that maybe which is the same plan that his friend Min had right, right. in a couple of years when I asked her out yeah which suggests like does he like her or is it just because well she likes him too right. and she but so, it's almost more like you know for him to move up in the world you know it would it's like he feels like he's supposed to like her almost because his right. friend who's so, you know, so put together, well, he likes her. So I'm supposed to like her too because I'm, you know, just as good as he is. Well, and also that kind of goes with the conversation. What he says next is that he says, well, and I think the mom says like, well, you guys could get married. This could be your house. Yeah. This could be my in-laws. And he's like, yeah, and then I could hire somebody to be my mom and dad. <laughs> it's like, how far is this going to escalate? right. right. And then they start uh, kind of, you know, making fun of the the parks, you know, basically. And this is where it gets a little sad later. It's like, you know, they're a little, you know, they're patting themselves on the back quite a bit and basically talking about how stupid they are and um, how stupid all rich people are because they're, you know, they don't have to be smart. You know, they, they right. can be they can be dumb because what do they have to lose mm-hmm. or some some version of that, um, which makes it a little sadder later when you realize, oh, well, you know, again, it just whatever they think doesn't matter they're they're not really going to get ahead <laughs> right uh, they can't you know but any scene of people being where they're not supposed to be is is always so nerve-wracking oh yeah and so this is like it seems it's great they're having fun they're playing out in the yard they're they're drinking and you know that something's going to happen so the first thing that happens is the housekeeper right who they've got fired for having tuberculosis. <laughs> yes. Comes to the door like yeah. a crazy person. And she looks terrible. Yeah, <laughs> She's been through the ringer. Yeah. yeah. And as soon as she says, I left something there, I remember just being like, what did she leave? Right. And then you have no clue. No. Things start happening very fast. Very fast. <laughs> so the, the, the housekeeper comes back, says, I've left something in the basement. So the other three family members have to hide. And the... Mother, Mother Kim, goes, answers the door. She's like, fine, get your shit, whatever. Because we had the movie on. I forgot about the dogs. Like, she, uh, the mom, the park mom loves her dogs, right? Right. And then there's one scene where, I mean, uh, the mom, the housekeeper is supposed to take care of them. The new uh, Kim mom, you know? And they show a scene of her just, like, pushing the dogs out of the way. <laughs> and, like, they're supposed to be taken care of very uh, specifically. Yeah, the the mother seems the least invested in all this, yeah. which is kind of funny. 
<laughs> and she said a great line earlier when they get the scholars rock and she's like wouldn't food be better right. <laughs> she's just very practical she's very funny and she's yeah. like she says fuck and stuff and yeah. but so moon guang was the old housekeeper right who was fired and so she shows up this is like the middle of the night right or yeah. even later they've been up drinking and then they get a, yeah. a buzz that it's she's at the down rain yeah she's at the door I kind of remember thinking, well, was she going to get like a weapon and kill them or something? Or I try to. I, I didn't really know. I, I mean, I had no clue. And so she goes down, disappears. What's that, that's what's so cool about this scene with with that door. Yeah. Because every time you go in or come out, it just you disappear in a black. Right. So all they know right now is, you know, they're all hiding in the kitchen or whatever. They just know <laughs> she went down the basement. They don't know what she's doing down there. But, so the, but when she goes down, <laughs> Chung Sook, the Kim mom, goes down and finds her on the planking <laughs> it's so creepy yeah i mean it's funny it is funny too but also it's like we're watching it now it's, it's hard so unnatural her. right and it's so creepy and so she comes over and helps her and realizes there's a secret basement right and when she runs down the Which stairs nothing in the movie has suggested no. she goes in the basement and when she right. yells would she say honey or I think so, yeah. And it's just like, what the fuck is right. happening? And the camera just follows right after, like this unbroken shot. Yes. It's just racing down there. And so it's like you're like, like you, the audience member, yes. is running down there with her. You don't know what's going to come out. It's yes. scary. <laughs> it's so crazy. <laughs> and it's so tonally <laughs> different uh, than what's happened before. I mean, it's, it was yes. literally like, it's, it reminds me of the Silence of the Lambs, you know, that last. Yeah. You know, which maybe most things do, but <laughs> <laughs> and it's just—it's also just the fact that they come down, they find that there's a man down yeah, there. There's a freaking man down there, and he's drinking out of a baby bottle. Yeah, and she kind of explains that this is her husband, and she's been hiding him down here, right? Because he's, he's on bad the, checks he's, he's or something. On, no, he's on the—he—he was gambling. He's on a loan oh, for some loan sharks. Okay. Well, maybe not gambling. He owes money to somebody, right? And, so and I guess hiding. in Korea they don't fuck around. <laughs> oh my um, so he goes in hiding for four years, which is his solution. Well, also, so why, while the housekeeper, um, well, the new housekeeper, the mom, the Kim mom is down there, her family's following behind. Right. Which is so funny. And then, of course, they have the, it's a comedic scene. They all fall out. Right. In this time, Moon Guan picks up a phone and records them. Because I think I think when Kiwu falls, he says like "Dad, get right, off me" or something, right. and so it's like clearly, clearly family members. Yeah. <laughs> and also, this when it, you know before that, she's very sort of subservient and like, "Oh, please help us." And then as soon as she gets a slight upper hand, she's like, "No, fuck you guys. Yes. I got you guys." <laughs> so funny. So, but I mean, it kind of shows that they're all you know. Yes, they're all in a way the same boat in the sense that they're all like you know. This, these lower class people are just trying to get a leg up, but they will turn on each other instantly yeah. if, if needed. Yeah, they're basically being held hostage. Yeah. But the, all they have to do is hit, I guess, send on this video and then the, their whole secret's out. So that's right. their basically trigger the gun, which is, I mean, that's that's kind of really funny use yes. of the cell phone. Yes. But then the, the really scary thing happens, which is, <laughs> well, okay, yeah, they get in that, that big fight and there's that great scene where Jessica <laughs> runs into the refrigerator, grabs a peach, yeah. runs back out, and just <laughs> rubs it all over her face. Yes. <laughs> it's just funny that she actually thought, oh, there's peaches in the refrigerator. Yes. I'll go get one. Because they're allowed to have peaches now because, right, right. because Moon Guan's gone and she was allergic to peaches. It's so crazy. But the scene where, um, so the mother calls and she's yes. like, okay, I'm. We're, we're almost home. Yeah. And how far away are you? Eight minutes. Right. <laughs> Which somehow, I guess everyone's been in that situation where someone's about to arrive and you're kind of up to something. And But this is no good. I mean, there, there's a mess everywhere. They just got a huge fight. There's nine people that shouldn't be there. Yes. <laughs> and also, she has to make a dish. Yes. Which is, uh, I think, maybe something that was made for the movie. I was trying to kind of... Really? T- yeah. It, it's, it was a combination of dishes, apparently. Okay. Um, and it's also kind of a joke. That, like, it's... Half the dish is a very, I mean, it's basically like a ramen. It's like mm-hmm. a very poor dish, like uh-huh. that anybody can make. Uh, but when the mother says, oh, and put some... Sirloin steak in it or right, something. Right, it's like some version of Kobe beef or something. Right. Um, that's like the joke. So apparently in Korea, people like laugh because like it's ridiculous to put that type of delicacy right. in this dish. 
And it's uh, like like putting caviar in top ramen or something. Right, right, right. Yeah. So apparently in creating audiences, that was very funny when she said that. Oh, that's, that would be so great to watch it with a Korean audience and kind of right. so see what makes them, what's funny. Yeah, so I think that's why I mean when that dish I'm sure we lose quite so much. exist. Uh, right, right, right. But I mean, it's technically a real dish. It's just, But it's definitely made for the for that joke, I guess. Right. Um, but so she has to make that in eight minutes. <laughs> well, everybody else cleans up. Right. <laughs> they and put the people back hi. down. But there's a, when the mother comes up and uh, Mother Kim just pushes her down back the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> just the one hand and she, uh, I guess, what is she, like crack her skull? Yeah. She doesn't quite die, but close yeah. to it. Yeah. I guess she dies later. Yes. So then we have the um, sort of, I mean, it's still this kind of the same sequence. I mean, this sequence has been going on. Because the sequence really begins when the party starts, and it's really kind of yeah. one big scene. But this is sort of what I think of as the second centerpiece. When you get to the real kind of thematic heart of the movie, there are the twist, which is when the Kims come, um, the Parks come home, Kims have to hide, and they hear mm-hmm. everything they say. Yeah. And that's when it's revealed that the Parks, you know, what they really think of them. Yeah. Which is that the father smells bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cheap panties. And they're all just kind of a joke, mm-hmm. you know. Which also was, I mean, but it was cute in the beginning because so Daesung wants to still camp outside. So right. they let him, but they stay downstairs to keep an eye on him. And then they end up uh, getting it on while the Kims are still under the table. Funny, too, when they try to sneak out. But yeah, it is but still. It was still very suspenseful, too. Yeah, yeah, it is. The scene where the father, I guess it's the father, is like halfway across the floor. Yes. And you can see him. He's right there. Yes. But you kind of see, what scares me is like, what if they did see him? Because they would be just scared. Yeah. To see a like a man lying there. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> and then you find out that it's your driver. Right. It's like, what are you doing here? There's no way to explain it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. A very, it's a crazy scene. Um, I did wonder when they wake up in the morning, are they not going to see all the shit under the couch? <laughs> right. But well, maybe the mother cleans it up. Oh, cleans it up quietly yeah. while they're under there. Yeah. Um. And but then they get to the. I mean, it's a. It's a heartbreaking scene when I get back and they realize that their whole house is flooded. Yeah. I did read about that. Apparently, that's a very common thing. Well, I think like having houses like that. Yeah. I mean, maybe not that bad, but I mean, it's disgusting, too. Like when the stuff comes up the toilet. Oh, man. Yeah. And they just have to kind of deal with it. And you know that all that, there's so much sewage and stuff in there. And they're still looking for that scholar's rock. They want to save that. Well, and the dad just grabs his, it seems like it's a medal for something that he had played, maybe tennis or something. And he grabs that. They had like the toughest night ever, right? right. And then but, they finally get home to their home, and it's destroyed. Yeah, but you think, but you think about it, it's all one night. So that same night, they've gone from like to them like living at the top of the world, yeah, like, feeling like they're fully taking advantage of the family. They're at partying. They're, and then that same night, they go home gone. and they're you know flooded, shit infested house, and it's because of all the rain. It's the river overflowed, and all that did for the rich park family they couldn't go camping right and then for the kim family it's like their whole house was destroyed right i kind of felt that later too when they try to have a party again for day song right and she's so stressed out about like all this stuff and it really is kind of like but does any of that matter right when some when people's houses have been destroyed or she's literally calling them from the shelter to come yeah work at her i mean she doesn't know that but yeah that's the point she would never know that yeah okay so as the Park family comes home. Right. Well, so actually, so much more goes on before they right. escape. So they, so they knock the old housekeeper Munguan down the stairs. Right. She's she's barely living. Barely yeah. living. They tie up her crazy husband. Right. And then so you who again has been living in that basement for four years. Yes. So to say he's crazy. Well, he is crazy, but it's he's, not like he's okay. Gone crazy. Right. Gone crazy. Um, and something that you notice when, <laughs> this is so crazy, when Mr. Park comes home, you walk up the stairs, the lights come on. Yeah. Which you assume that that's just some fancy rich people right. stuff. No, and they think it's like in uh, some sort of malfunction. Yeah. Doing Morse code, like with the right. lights. Yeah. <laughs> God, it's so crazy. And he's, he's like almost like praying to this guy, though. He's yes. Like, he's so like thankful to be. And the you know and the guy doesn't even know about him. You know? I know the scene. Whatever he's banging his head, and it's bleeding. And laughing, yeah. And he's but he's banging it again as the lights as he walks up the stairs. The lights come on. Yeah. And then he does the Morse code and the other light, telling him how much he loves him. Oh, right. well, yeah. So so when she tells the ghost story, you do put it together. Yeah. That obviously it was 
That's so creepy. <laughs> it is very creepy. The guy who's in the basement. Right. Which is interesting. And so this whole time they think that there's a ghost. Or yeah, they think that still he saw a ghost. It's terrifying that you think about that. There's still a man living in their house. There's a man in the basement. He's in there forever. And which he, is, okay, so this is very similar to the movie Housebound yeah. that Brian and I did. Right. You go back and listen to the Housebound episode. Watch Housebound first because it's a great movie. And it's a New Zealand horror movie. Then listen to some of our true crimes. Well, I mean, this guy actually has a pretty good setup in a way. I mean, it's a dank basement for sure, but he has a toilet. Yes. He's able to sneak up and I guess every midnight or whatever and get some good food. And Yeah, that's true. I mean, he has some books. Well, they also show that one scene, like I guess when the parks are out of town. Yeah, yeah he comes up and they yeah. have a oh, good time. that's the scene where they're in the, the daylight or whatever? Yeah, it's oh, like okay. a, kind of like a flashback type yeah. thing, which is interesting because that's kind of the same kind of fantasy that later yeah that key Wong yeah. has i wasn't sure when that was supposed to have happened but yeah that makes sense i guess the point in a way of the the housekeeper and her husband it's like the kims you know like they're maybe like their worst case scenario like and of course it eventually does become the worst case scenario but like i think one of the things that bothers them so much about them is because they see themselves in their complete depravity and desperation it's like you know what if that's us you know, they already live in a basement. Well, these people really live in a basement. Right, right. <laughs> and, you know, they think they're, you know, obviously there's the whole parasite thing, but they think they're skimming off of these people. And, you know, and these people literally are doing that. Yeah. So it's like this weird mirror image of their own lives. And I think that's why they're so repulsed by them. Okay. So as we were saying, like, they are actually in a shelter. Right. Their house has been destroyed and they get calls from Mother, Mother uh, Park yeah. that we're having a birthday party they of course the housekeeper would be there and then then they need the driver who's kind of like their assistant who helps them yeah. get around to get everything and then the the girl just wants kevin there because yes. she, she likes him the mom invites jessica because she's his teacher yeah. well and because she's actually quite good with the kids so yeah, which she is, is kind of funny and they seem to get along quite yeah. well <laughs> i don't i'm always curious what happens during those long nights they're alone together but she's, you know, she, she doesn't let anyone else come in, even the, the the brother, I don't think. Oh, yeah. So maybe she's actually really good with a kid. Yeah, maybe they're just having a good time. Yeah. Well, so they get to the birthday party, and Kevin is making out with Dehai. Yeah. Again, I'm not sure the ages. I am not don't know if that's... He appears to be at least college age. <laughs> she's young. She is definitely <laughs> a high schooler, but um, I don't know. But they're making out. He I guess he... Is, is he overcome with, like, guilt? Or he wants to go down... Well, I mean, and check on the people. I, I don't know because he's taking that giant rock down there. But that giant rock that he says before, like when he's laying in the shelter, he's like, "I, it's not, it's holding on to me." So maybe he feels like he needs to go and give it to them. Oh, okay. I had not thought about that. I kind of thought maybe he wanted to go down there and put them out of their misery. Oh, I don't. If they get out of that basement and tell what has happened, they're the main threat to his family right now. I mean, he also seems very out of swords in these scenes mm-hmm. yeah no see I, I do think he does because see he's at he's at cross purposes with them even visually yeah i mean see that's menacing i mean i think this all because i guess the night in the gym he has that conversation with his dad about you know a plan or whatever and they never say what his plan was going to be no no so maybe he thinks this is what his father's plan was oh okay so kevin thinks he needs to go down and finish them off i think so yeah why he has to use that giant rock, I don't know. But, I mean, I guess they don't have a gun or anything. But it seems like the like Jessica and her mother, they seem to want to figure out. They want to figure right. out what happened. They want to and, talk to him. Yeah. Yeah. But they get sidetracked because right. um, the park mom comes in and says, we have more important things to do. There's we got to give the cake. This is his recovery cake because right. he had a bad birthday one year. He thought I saw a ghost. They are a little bit... Maybe a little too involved in the kids' yeah. lives. And like the scene where the mom is like outside slaving away with the chairs and the dad's like, he'd be a little bit quiet. He's sleeping or whatever. Right. So all that sort of passive aggressive stuff. Mm-hmm. The plan is that the park dad and the Kim dad are going to come out like Indians. Right. Which would not, you can't, you can't do that in America. You can't, you can't do it anymore. <laughs> are you sure? And they're going to pretend to attack Jessica. I mean, I have a, there's a picture of me in my parents' refrigerator when I was four, fully dressed as an Indian. Really? Yeah. <laughs> For Thanksgiving, but still. Yeah. But so he goes down, but... Yeah, the housekeeper's husband. And Moongwan's husband is down there, and he has gotten out. I guess Moongwan helped him get out. 
Right, right. She she undid his before his she tape and all died. That. Yeah. But when he finds Kevin, he puts a noose around his neck and pulls him, and then what you think kill his, kills him with his own rock. Right, right. I mean, I thought for sure he was dead. No, I don't know how he survived that, but but yeah. So the rock that and then it know, turns like real horror. Right. I mean, it's done. The, the horror scene at the end, if you if you want to call that, is still done so matter of fact, and that's actually what makes it more disturbing. Is he just like walks out there. No one Blood quite sees face. him. Yeah. yeah, it's almost like you can almost I mean, you can see that happening almost like in real life. Like you wouldn't necessarily maybe notice this guy. Then he goes after her favorite person. <laughs> I know. And so yeah, he stabs Jessica. And why he goes after her exactly? It's it's a big subject of debate. But I kind of just think he went after the first family member he saw. Don't you think? Yeah. But some people think she was targeted, but I, I don't think so there was yeah there was nobody else. well he already got kevin right right and then right, he right. came out and i guess he yeah. saw her holding the cake yeah and she's the one that wanted to maybe talk to him i know but they did kind of kill his wife <laughs> i mean they didn't mean to but and then it's pretty chaotic so the kim dad sees dehay running out with kevin on his back right on her back who's he's all bloody um his daughter is dying in front of him the parks they worry about it's getting their kid to the hospital because they think he may you know have a seizure or right. something just from being around them right so the mom I mean, this John is the Zook's, big thing he sees yeah. yeah he sees that he can't stand the smell but also the guy has been down the basement for a long time right it's a bit different than having a like a smell of basement smell on you right but, but it still triggers him yeah it's yeah. The, just the final thing yeah it is funny that I've seen people online. I'm not calling people stupid or anything, but people are like, why do you stab Mr. Park? I guess I am calling him stupid. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's pretty well established. You know, There's no particular reason, but he's, you know, like you said, triggered. And the Park mom just kind of, she has to watch it, which is sad too. I mean, that is her husband. Yeah. And she faints. So was the little boy actually having a seizure? No, I think they're just always worried that he's going to have a seizure. Because then after she faints... Because the sister even says he's faking at some point, that he's always like, you know, it's just sort of part of his acting out. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure he's having some sort of episode. It's not good, but more symptomatic of that family, you know, kind of worried about the wrong things, maybe. Right. Again, it's like nothing particularly evil or bad. Well, so the the Kim dad disappears. Right. And then we learn that Kevin is is okay. Well, he he wakes up in the hospital. Yeah. With some sort of laughing condition. Right. (laughs) We talked about that. We talked about Joker, right? Yeah. Or I know I did. Well, yeah. And then we also talked about it in one of the serial killers that we did. Oh, I guess it was Ed Gein who had a a really nervous laughter. He would he would laugh in the middle of class oh, and yeah. stuff. So they get off on a fairly light sentence. It's not, you know, I mean, I think they're basically some version of probation almost. Yeah. It's not bad. And then so they kind of go back to what they were doing, but without... Yeah. Their dad and their sister. It's very sad. Because basically, what, I mean, what I mean, what they're guilty of is, I guess, just fraud. But it's not like they really. I mean, they didn't kill anybody. Right. They didn't really steal anything. They just all they did was work for their family under false names. And right. So I guess when you think about it that way, it's that's not an that interesting. Surprising. I, I like that scene whenever they they go see Jessica's remains or her, you know, the cremation right. of her, and it's in those glass. Yeah. There's that's a lot of them. A, yeah, that's an interesting way. I think I like that better than going to a cemetery where you take up so much space. Yeah, but it's sad because it's, it's I mean, it's a little sad because it's so congested. It's, yeah. it's kind of like them in their basement. I guess so. It's like not a lot of, you imagine like that idea is nice, but they have like like the lowest version of it somehow. Hmm. Just crowded with all these other people. When you see like the janitor go by and it's still kind of depressing. Yeah. And they're back in their apartment. So then he ended up taking the job with the pizza place, which oh, is yeah. interesting. Well, so Kevin obviously figures out he, he must know he already went down in the basement because they're still the only ones who know that there's a, that oh, basement. Right, right, right. Yeah. And so when he goes back out into the he goes and watches the light and he learns the, Mor- the Morse code. And that's how he gets the letter right. from his dad. I mean, it's kind of a fun thought exercise. Like, would you choose to live your life like that just you know in someone else's basement you know no light but i I think one maybe the ideas is like again it's not that much different from the way they're living already or i mean maybe well i think it's that they somehow he thought that he couldn't get any lower than he did by trying i mean he tried to get he got up to the where he thought he was doing great and then 
where so where he was was not so bad compared to where he is now living in a basement without his family his uh his daughter's dead he murdered somebody he took away their father and their husband you know and now he's stuck down living in this. Yeah. Well, I guess it's in a way basement. he kind of probably sees it as punishment. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And so he buries Moon Guan, who had died down in the basement. Right. Because as soon as the the murders happen, they leave the house, obviously, and a new family moves in at some point. Now, what if there's someone right now downstairs going to your <laughs> Stop fridge? Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> there's nobody. Now I'm starting to check all my the cat condo. Crevices. They, live, they live in the cat hotel. Uh, well, I put a picture of that on Instagram, too. We have a giant box. That's a cat hotel. So when Kevin writes back, well, he, they had this, he has this fantasy. Right. It's and, not clear it's a fantasy at first, but it's definitely a fantasy. Yeah. Yes. It's very sad. He thinks he can still pull himself up, pull his family up, and somehow save them. But, and buy that house. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, deep down, that's never going to yeah. happen. I mean, how? Yeah. I mean, yeah. what's he going to do? That said, when I saw this in the theater, I'm like, did he do it? <laughs> I know. And then they obviously they show him back in his apartment. Yeah. It killed me, that last scene. When he says, all you have to do is walk out up the stairs and come out, you know? But, you, I mean, I still really want to know what's going to happen to him. Is he really going to live in there yeah. for the rest of his life? I don't, well, you, did you, they're making a, a show. Did you see this? Yes. Yeah. But I don't know if it takes place... A, I don't even know if it's going to be the same thing. I mean, I think it's... Right. I'm not sure what it is. It's kind of strange. I don't even know if it's going to be Korean. I don't know exactly what... If it's going to start from the beginning of the story and maybe keep going. Yeah, or? they just said something very vague. Like, it, it's like the missing pieces of the story. And it's like, what, what does that mean? But but they must have a good idea if it's you know going to be an HBO show or whatever it is. That's a good one. Yeah. I saw that um, Bong calls it a, an upstairs, downstairs movie, which he kind of... Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. But it's, you know, visually, obviously, it, it very much does that. They, they, the movie literally starts out in the basement. Yeah. I guess it kind of, in a way, ends in the basement, which is very sad. Yeah. Uh, at least at the beginning, it's, you know, there's sunlight and there's some optimism. And at the end, it's winter and cold. So it's it's a heavy movie. Yeah. But I, I do, I mean, I, it doesn't hit you over the head with its politics, which I wouldn't mind if it does. That's fine. <laughs> um, I just think, I, I think it's very clever in how it sort of, this is probably the fourth or fifth movie this guy's done about, <laughs> you know, class consciousness. It must be a pretty big, from what I understand, in, in Korea, it's a pretty big kind of ever-present topic. Hmm. You know, Snowpiercer is obviously very much about that, too. Yeah, for sure. I'm not sure about the host. <laughs> the Snowpiercer is supposed to be making a TV show out uh, of, really? too. Yeah. Crazy. Um, but he's just very good at telling that story. I guess, you know, it's something he's very obviously preoccupied with. But And then it was great at the Oscars. Yes. How adorable. We even talked about that. They, they, they absolutely Bong cleaned Ho up. Yeah. I did think it was funny that he, I didn't, I, and I'm not the first person that said this, but he, he thanks Martin Scorsese and yes. gives him this nice toast. And he's like, you know, Quentin, thank you for supporting me. He's like, oh, and I guess there's two other directors. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, well, like with, with Martin Scorsese, he quoted him. Yeah. And then, like, everyone did a stood up for right, right. and they were yelling Marty right. and he was like I'm Quentin Tarantino yeah. you put my name on your list when no one heard of me those other guys they were good too yeah. uh, Joker <laughs> is it <laughs> um, I thought that was funny but he, he seems like a pretty charming guy oh he seemed so sweet and then like whenever he so he won for which they changed the name to instead of foreign language film it's international film Oh, did they? I didn't notice that. Yeah. And then... Makes sense. So when he won for Best Director, he was like, I was done. I had checked out. <laughs> you know, he'd won screenplay and Best International Movie, and he was like, I was ready to go drink. Yeah. And it was just so sweet. And then I loved when they won Best Picture, and they turned the lights off. They turned the lights down on them, you know? Oh, really? And then, so... Did you watch the Oscars? I did, yeah. Okay. And then Tom Hanks and Charlize Theron made him turn the lights back on. Like, they're in the front row, and they were like, turn it back on. Oh, okay. I saw that. I, I, I just didn't quite get what was happening. And no. then the one of the producers came out. She was the little, the little lady. She came out, and she was adorable. And she went on, and she was like... Oh, I saw that. She was like, oh, I want to thank my brother Jay. I love my brother Jay. Like, just, like, taking her time. This is after they got the lights to come back on. She was... She was awesome. I oh, think so I saw. Oh, so turn the lights off to make him like stop talking. Yes. Oh, okay. 
I, I just find that you know it's funny that that movie of all things is so universally it feels like loved uh, i mean i even told my parents before the oscars like you go see that you know yeah they loved it you know, yeah my so, parents loved it too do they? yeah i knew my dad would but so it won best screenplay best international film best director best director best picture yeah but apparently there's no actors in the movie at all so nope. yeah kind of like no one directed little women <laughs> right <laughs> still makes me mad so crazy um but yeah parasite great movie yeah um again sorry not a horror movie exactly but but it's a great movie and you should watch it right so. well i mean i'm hoping if they were listening to this they would have already watched it because boy <laughs> did we ruin things but and so make sure to stay tuned next week for our true crime yeah it's uh she gave me a, a spoiler alert of it and okay. i think it's gonna be a good one it's a good one let us know what oh, yeah. you think and if again if we miss anything in the movie if we forgot anything in this movie usually a lot of the movies we've seen like two or three times i don't seen this movie once yeah and so i'm sure i missed a lot or there's certain things that we got wrong so let us know write us a letter i'll read that <laughs> that'd be cool i check my mail every day do they have your address <laughs> oh i don't know yeah, let's not do that what if I, then letters just started coming in <laughs> morse code <laughs> or just yeah just morse code it to me right that'd be great and also subscribe rate and review yes all that fun stuff subscribe rate and review yeah all right well thanks all right good night good night <laughs>